Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chell Stars podcast. This is episode 19 and we got almost the full crew back here, uh, minus Michael, hence why I'm stuck doing the intro, since Aaron does not want to do the intro and outro. I don't know why that's a rule, but... It's definitely a rule. Okay, well, it doesn't make any sense. Um, we want to apologize for a little bit of a wait in between our last uh, podcast and now. Um, a lot's been happening, busy time of the year, and obviously, if you know, uh, we're mostly all Vancouver-based, and we have been hit with major snowstorms and been very busy. And Kyle, obviously, still kind of recovering, finally has a bit of a voice now. And uh, Corey, basically almost lost his voice. <laughs> yeah, I sound like this today, um, so I didn't, uh, haven't been smoking for 50 years. It's just, uh, just lost my voice, that's all. So, yeah, uh, since our last podcast, we've had uh, quite a bit of news. Obviously, we'll not be able to cover every single little tidbit of it, uh, but we got some major ones to cover, which Kyle will be going over. Uh, and then we got our usual Canucks recap, uh, which Corey will be taking over for. Uh, Aaron's got a little segment about Rutherford. Um, which I will not get into further, and of course trivia near the end. So Kyle, uh, Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, let's rock and roll, guys. Um, obviously, a crazy couple weeks in the league. Um, probably the biggest goals. Just he's missed what is it two seasons just due to lockouts or a season and a half just because of lockouts alone. Without lockouts, he could literally be at Gretzky's record right now. You know, may I? You know what? Uh, it makes me even even more uh, pissed is that <laughs> with without those lockouts, and you can throw the missed games due to COVID in there. Yeah, um, we would probably hit one thousand goals, which would. Like breaking breaking Gretzky's record is cool, but like the one thousand goals would even be like unreal. And I just feel like we're actually robbed of that. That's so true. That is so true. I love how yeah. Corey's pissed off just a minute and a half into the show. Yeah, I thought I missed something. That was a lot of aggression out of nowhere. <laughs> Corey, you don't think he's gonna make it to a thousand? Then that's so hard. I mean, it, no, that no. I mean that. That's scoring over 50 goals each of the next four seasons, and he's, what, 37 or 38? 37, so breaking Gretzky's will be, like, is, like, just attainable, I would say. Yeah. He plays till he's 39, 40, maybe 41. He'll definitely break Gretzky's record. At, At least that's my opinion. He'll hit 900 for sure. I'm just kind of, like, like... I want to see the 1,000 because, yeah, you, he's missed, I would say, uh, two full seasons with one full season being a lockout and then half a season plus COVID. He's missed, like, two two full seasons. That's, like, in his prime, that's, like, 100 goals. That's easy 100 goals. Yeah. Well, so. There's an alternate well, universe out there where Ovechkin's <laughs> already hit 900 goals and beat Gretzky's <laughs> record and is going for 1,000. And, unfortunately, oh, wow. it's not the universe that we live in. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wish I was. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, does he hit it? Is, well, does anyone does anyone think he's not going to get there? I'd be to shocked. Gretzky's. Yeah. 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 I'd. I really I'd be shocked if he didn't. It, so. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the only reason why he's still in the NHL. <laughs> Well, and that's like I think what Washington has said. Like they're always going to want to be competitive as long as Ovi's competing for that, you know, record. That's basically their goal now, right? They've said they're not going to go into a rebuild oh, yeah. until yeah. they can get that done for him. Oh yeah, which is kind of crazy. But then you think about it, it's it's going to be like financially um, beneficial for them to be oh, almost yeah. almost promoting this record breaking, like. Once he starts getting closer, they're going to have all the games on TV. There's going to be fans uh, going to all his games. Like It's going to be huge. Yeah. Hopefully, Bastrom can get healthy and, and have the assist on the record-breaking goal. Yeah. 
for sure, for sure. Yeah. Mm. So not, not only did he break or did he break eight hundred goals, he also got the record for most road goals. I think we were also looking at road goals, right? Four or two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is just a weird stat to track, but <laughs> and even so, today, um, you know, shooting this on December twenty second, about an hour ago, I think he broke the record for most shots. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, with like <laughs> Some crazy number, like that, but yeah, it's like sixty-two hundred or something. I don't even know. Yeah, sixty-two, eleven. That's That's crazy. Jeez, that's a lot. I was surprised. Um, who was he passed? Which was Ray Bork. I I didn't know Ray Bork had that many shots, especially for a defenseman. Yeah, that's (laughs) nuts. Yeah, I I didn't. uh, That surprised me. Yeah. Um, anything but else about Ovechkin? Sorry. Um, about Ovechkin? Yeah. No. <laughs> you go. sure? You go, sure? Ovi, go, <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, I did actually. I did have something. Yeah, you know, you know that streak of like empty net goals he was getting. <laughs> sure. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I I I feel like a lot of like the I'll call them um. Gretzky faithfuls, I'll call them, that that don't don't uh, that aren't on the OV train. I feel like they're kind of complaining, always oh, getting all these empty net goals. <clears throat> but like, who has the most empty net goals? Gretzky. And who's gonna, like? And who do you think is gonna have the most empty net goals if OV passes Gretzky? It'll probably be OV. So I don't understand. But- but like, Why? like the argument with like against empty net goals doesn't even make sense, because that means that he's playing in a situation where it's six on five or six on four, and he's defensively responsible enough to get the puck and work it past the other team and score when he's down men. So I just don't see True. that being over like or like like anyone who scores an empty net goal, you're shorthanded, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're relying on him to be out there with yeah. a goal or two up. Well, I mean, you are scoring on an empty net, so like <laughs> that, that is a pretty big deal, I think. <laughs> like, there's no goalie, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it's it, it, it's it's a shitty argument to have why it's not le- like a legitimate record, but also that's... for the next two to three years, Obi's gonna be on the ice. Every time there's an empty net, oh, yeah. <laughs> of the kind of player he is, coaches will get fired over not having Ovechkin yeah. play the right situations. Honestly, like well, this dude situation. can do, he can do absolutely zero back checking, and he's gonna get all the ice time he wants, <laughs> <laughs> and just have the like, pick of the litter of of line mates. Pretty much, like he's basically coach's kid for the next few years. Yeah. 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 Moving on to other exciting NHL news. Um, Chris Letang is back on the ice and playing games um, just a couple weeks after suffering a stroke, which is incredible. Um, This is the second stroke of his career. I think we touched, you guys touched on that last episode a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. So the second stroke of his career, and um, crazy lucky that, that that he noticed something was wrong and was able to get diagnosed and get treatment real quick, and obviously have a super fast recovery. So I did not think he'd be back that quick. No, God, no. Especially after having a second one. Yeah, craziness. So thank goodness he's back, and uh, hope that. He doesn't have to deal with that anymore in his career. He's had an awesome career, so I hope that he finishes up strong. Um, Not only that, though, that he came back, and I think, I don't know if his first game back, but he's been playing about 25, 26 minutes a night. Holy shit. Um, You know, you look at his last five games, it's averaging out at 27, which is insane. I know Petrie's out, so they're kind of relying on him more, but that's... You know, the guy just had a, a stroke, though. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, it's 
a lot of minutes for a guy who just had a second stroke. Yeah, so so when he came back, he played 22 minutes his first game back. Jesus. And then he hasn't played less than 25 minutes a game since. <laughs> so they eased him into it for the first game. Yeah, exactly. yeah it, was, it was real easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they say 22 minutes of time on ice in an NHL game is a walk in the park. It's when you get higher than that is when it gets difficult. So, um, Another crazy happening around the league, Tage Thompson, five-goal game. And that came in only about two minutes or two, two, two periods of play because um, he only had like a shift or two in the third period. So... So he could have had a lot more goals if they were trying to break a record there. Yeah, I think it was like in six or seven minutes of ice time in the first period, he already had four goals and an assist. So that's pretty Sounds effective. Sounds like Corey at roller hockey. <laughs> no argument there. I didn't realize how uh, tall Tage Thompson is. 6'6". Oh. He's massive. He's like, uh, yeah. And he has like some of the best hands in the league. He's say. the opposite. He's the he's the anti Tyler Myers. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I mean, you you're not wrong, but they both get paid about the same. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, they both play the same minutes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the record for NHL goals in a game is seven goals. Do you wish that they would have pushed Thompson out there a bit more in the third period to try to tie or break that record? Or is that just unsportsmanlike at that point? Um, they were winning by a big margin. Is that right? Yeah, I think they're killing him. Yeah. I, I don't, uh... I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't think it's unsportsmanlike. I mean... Uh, game's the game. <laughs> it does it. It's the NHL. Like, you're not yeah, going to go right. easy on people. Give them that I don't know. extra confidence boost. But fair well, enough. They don't want them to, like, get injured for no reason. There's no point to really push it. Yeah, I think they were putting the team first, which is, like, you play your bottom lines to get more minutes when you're up in the game. Yeah, that's so. the right call in that situation. Yeah. As much as that would have been really cool to see. I would have liked if they would have pushed it a bit more and 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 tried to tried to get him to tie that record. Like like how often does a guy score five goals in two periods of hockey? Once every twenty years? Yeah, not often I would say. Yeah. Like five goals in a whole game. Like that doesn't even happen. Yeah. Really exactly. And it was against Columbus, like he could have broken that record. <laughs> Well, hello. Yeah. Um, last thing I got to talk about, uh, Avs recap. Um, obviously still dealing with a ton of injuries, but thankfully our guys are slowly coming back and our winning ways are also slowly coming back. It was a rough couple games there where Ranton was our only top six player um, remaining in the active lineup, but... Since then, we've gotten Lekkinen back, Rodriguez, and Nechushkin, and McKinnon should, shouldn't should be too far away, as well as Landeskog, so we're getting there. Um, all the young guys and all the AHLers, too, stepped yeah. up in the absence, so we are rolling into the new year. Yeah, that yeah. looks scary as hell when they're all back. <laughs> If they can all get back. Man, that team has the injury bug. Every single year, it's the same thing. Every single year, there's like a flurry uh, of injuries. Yeah. Every every fan of every team says that, though. Hey, but like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's always bad. And like... And like... Yeah, okay. And like a couple of you guys mentioned it too in one of our first episodes. Like you avoid drafting apps players sometimes because... They always get injured, or they're like, just like. That was like mainly addressed at McKinnon. Yeah, it was it was mainly at McKinnon, but like it's it's not incorrect for Landeskog either. Or right. he's always hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Didn't um, Ranson have a hat trick his first game back? Um, or second game back or something? I don't know if Ranton missed any time. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's been like he was not carrying hurt. the team. Oh. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Ranton did have a hat trick, though, a couple weeks ago against St. Louis. He scored yeah. all three goals, including the overtime winner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did see that. Which was just awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's been he's been carrying the load. Well, then they're good. Games, then they're so. good. Yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They're good. They're going to win a cup <laughs> this year. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no uh, Pedersen five points, but it's not bad. Yeah. Kind of a random question out of nowhere, but... You, okay, you think the Habs are going to win another cup. Who do you think's like their toughest competition? Their toughest competition on their way to winning a cup or like yep. the toughest competition in the league like overall? Well, I mean, on the way to winning a cup. Because we can just almost assume they'll make the playoffs. Um, I think Vegas in the yeah. finals would be their yeah. toughest challenge. Um, yeah. Because I don't know it. Yeah, I think the conference finals would be the toughest because I think they'll get out. Of, they would get out of the division fine, like um, beating their Minnesota, Dallas. I mean, Dallas might be a bit tough, but Dallas yeah, I think Vegas is definitely would, would be like their first like tough competition. Then whoever gets out of the I mean, theoretically, if they get that far, whoever gets out of the East as well. Um, would probably be pretty serious competition. My guess is Carolina on that, but we discussed that at the start of the season. So, yeah. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. I remember when we did our playoff bracket a while or a few years ago. All the underdogs won. So yeah, yeah. So you never know when it comes to hockey. That was uh, 2019, wasn't it? You got a better, better memory than me. I don't know for sure. Yeah. It might have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember my, uh, uh, one of my, I was at work and one of my coworkers made like, we made it, we had it, uh, playoff brackets and they made like the bizarro bracket and it was like with all the <laughs> underdogs winning and that was the bracket that won. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like it almost predicted everything right. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. If you took underdogs the entire playoffs, I think you would have been winning money. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> brutal. Um, that's all I got for around the league news. I think we're gonna step into the Canucks now. We'll hand it off to you, Corey. Thank you. Um, yes, Canucks news. So, um, we left off, um, kind of early December. And since then, uh, a lot has happened with the Canucks. Um, their games, they kind of went into this period of, we had a week or two of like really high scoring games come from behind a little bit, which is refreshing for us. Um, winning in overtime. So all these like high scoring, you know, actually I probably lost my voice yelling at my TV. <laughs> We're trying to, trying to watch this team like use back and forth games and overtime and then recently they've kind of dropped a few at home five to one to the jets five to one to the blues so like you know uh, pretty pretty much snoozers for those games if you're a Cox fan um but off the ice there's been a lot of Corvette trade rumors. Um, media has been asking him, and he's kind of shut any questions down. Um, so I'll ask those questions to to everyone here. Um, Horvat, is he here next year? Yes or no? If you say yes, then pick someone else that won't be here because we know <laughs> that they can't. Well, they we know that they can't keep everyone, right? Um, so let's start with uh, Max Horvat. Yes or no? Is he here next year? 
as as much as I want to say yes, I think I've come to terms with it being a no. <laughs> as a guy no. who owns a Horvat jersey, that really saddens me. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with no as well. Unfortunately, Kyle. I'm gonna go no. I think he'll probably be in uh, somewhere on the East Coast. Oh, you think you think so? Yeah, I think so. East where? <laughs> I want to say Long Island, honestly. <laughs> really? <huh? laughs> Long Island. Okay. Long Island. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how Long Island always comes up. <laughs> Yeah, that's my guess. Um, it's yeah, they, it'll be weird. Like, there's, I think teams will still have cap issues next year, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of deal he gets. I think he'll get a cadre esque deal where it'll be, um, oh. not like a, not like a first choice place to go play, but a team that can actually offer him the money. Cadre right, eight right. By eight. I guess was he? Uh, oh, he was seven mil for seven years. Seven, yeah. seven. I feel like Horvat might go for like eight or so. Depends. I mean, he's a bit younger than Kadri. I think it really depends how he finishes up his season. Teams have short-term memory when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, he'll probably finish with at least 35 goals. Yeah. I'll say, just for the sake of it, I'll say um, uh, they do resign and they move. I'll say they move Besser. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I think they'll move Besser regardless, but at the same time, like, like the the expectations from the trade, like a Besser trade, are just so weird because they want somebody of Besser's quality, but not Besser. <laughs> what is Besser quality? He's hard to really. He's like... he's like a Walmart Patrick Liney. <laughs> he's like don't even. I wouldn't. He's like a. I don't know. He's just a very like one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, like he just doesn't skate. <laughs> but he's the like what twenty twenty uh eighteen all star MVP or something. That's worth something, that right? Year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh definitely ups anyway. his trade value. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the truck. Um. Yeah. So the Canucks. I don't know. I don't know what to say to the listeners here. It's um. I've kind of come to realization. Like I, I thought, I thought this core. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, I had a hope that that it, it could be a, a winning core. And um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, Horvat, Hughes, uh, Besser. Uh, Miller, Patterson, kind of like Demko, kind of throw all those guys together. You know, like I thought I had the pieces. Like I thought at best it, it could, it could maybe win a cup. But um, watching this team, like they they just don't play well. They just don't play well as a team. Like these games that they're winning by one goal, these shooting contests. Like yeah, they have good players. They have good individual players. Patterson's great. You know, Miller's great when he wants to be, I guess. Horvat, I think, is a very, very solid player and a great player for, like, a contending team. Um, but it's it's not going to happen. Like, they can barely make the playoffs, this team. Like, it's so blow it up, I think. I think it's I think they just made wrong moves. Their defense is not good enough. Um you know, maybe take your youngest. So sure, take Hughes and Pedersen. And, you know, I don't know why in the hell they re-signed Miller. That's looking like a terrible deal more and more every day. 
And uh, damn, it's almost like somebody called that. <laughs> um. Well, but but you know what, Kyle? Like, they're doing worse than even you thought. Like, they're they're they couldn't be this bad. They have enough good players to be uh, a competitive team. They don't. When you watch them play, I don't know what the issue is. It has like I guess it comes down to coaching. But even further than that, like they just don't play well together. Like watching watching the game tonight, like Seattle, even watching the overtime, like Seattle just they play a lot better together. And I was talking like we were talking before we started recording. And I was saying like Seattle, they're not uh, their players are on the roster. Like on paper, it's a lot of young guys, some rookies, some sophomores, um, and a bunch of like husbands or a bunch of throwaways from other teams, but they're better than the Canucks. The Canucks have, a, like, you know, Elias Patterson shouldn't have to get five points on the Canucks, but you have JT Miller, you got 100 points last year. Like Quinn Hughes, you know, Besser and Benster was the all-star MVP. He had a great rookie year. Kuzmenko is good. Like, all these, they have all these great players. They can't put it together. And so I've come, <clears throat> I've come to the realization that, uh, I'm really putting it on the owners, really. They're trying to make the playoffs so bad each time and kind of stay competitive when really they shouldn't. And they got it. You look at the teams that have really kind of embraced the rebuild and embraced the full tank and and kind of build up. And I guess to be fair, it hasn't worked out for everyone. You can look at like the Edmontons and the Buffaloes, but they probably didn't do it smart. But I think if you do it with a um, the right plan, you can see some success. And, you know, the rumor is that that's what Lyndon wanted to do, and they kind of shipped him out. And I think the Aquilines are just not it. Not it. It's not, uh, you know, I'm just so I've kind of lost my power a little bit for the team. It's sad to watch, really. So I wanted to, I was just kind of looking at their last, um, you know, however many games here. So since our last podcast, uh, they are 4-3-0. and All four of those wins have been in extra time, whether that be yeah. overtime or shootout. Uh, every other one has been a regulation loss. Um, their last regulation win was back in November 26th. Uh, since then, they've had six... Wow overtime wins uh as for their wins yeah. and they're about right around 500 since in the last month even further you can look at every single one of those wins and those games have at least had six or seven goals except for one of them which was five goals so if they're winning they are guns a blazing Scoring, yeah. at, like you know, just you know, no defense, basically, no, but probably not goal, goal no, not good goaltending. Um, and the games they're losing, they're not scoring, and they're getting really pumped. You look at the games they're losing. Obviously, Corey mentioned they lost five one twice in a row on home ice. A couple jerseys were thrown on. Um, before that, they lost to Minnesota three zip. Then you look at, you know, go back earlier in the month at home again to Florida and Washington, both 5-1 again. It's kind of a repetition there. So, like Corey mentioned, it's, they're just, they just can't play well together. Um, if they are get, earning, you know, getting these wins, it's barely happening. And, you know... And you play a team that's on it when they do play and they get pumped. Um, you know, Patterson missed those two most recent ones where they lost 5-1. Yeah. And they looked lost out there. Their power play without Patterson out there was just god-awful because teams know Patterson is pretty much the quarterback of that. You can say Hughes is, but I think Patterson is. And... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the hell they are going to do. Um, they are locked I in. I can tell you what they're going to do. 
well, what's Aquilini going to do? Tell me. They're going to keep trying to stay relevant, even though that's yeah. the worst thing they should do. All of their trades that, you know, could be coming with Besser, Garland, Porvat, hopefully, even though I think they will be, will be, I think they're trying to do like hockey trades, player for players. You know, they're not going to blow it up fully. Well, that's kind of the big problem, right? Is that they refuse to commit to that. Exa- so well, we're yeah, just going to exactly. keep staying where we are and then forever or until will, we get new ownership or something. You know, can possibly blow up in your face and then be even worse. Well, you know, that's the thing. They were a bad team for a stretch of like five years. They had a lot of high draft picks. So I get the idea of trying to get competitive again. It's just along the way, they've also made bad decisions. Like, you know, the Eggman-Larsen deal, not a great deal. They're, they have no one on defense. The Tyler Myers signing was not a great signing. Um, other things like that. So, Yeah, I think when you look at the record, like Max, you were listing all of their high-scoring, close games, any losses, it really isn't. You can't just say it's ownership. It's really like the whole top down. Everything is a problem right now. The players aren't playing like they should be. Certain players, coaches, I don't know, clearly haven't adjusted styles well enough to suit those players. We we'll talk about management shortly. We talk about ownership. Like just nothing seems to be going how it should be going. I guess when you look at it from that view, it's kind of hard to say oh, this is the problem, we'll just change this. We'll just change the ownership, we'll just change the coach. Because what if it doesn't work and then you just haven't made any progress again? Well, of course. But it's been a, this is the longest stretch in Canucks franchise history of missing the postseason. Um, or, or the amount of times they've missed the postseason in a given number of years. So, And it really just come, it comes down to... Like that's why I'm just going to the top because it's been so long now. Yeah, I yeah, agree. It's kind of about so many, time. Yeah, you can only do so many coaching changes and yeah, you know, and general manager, president changes before the one at the very top needs to be held accountable. The problem is exactly. too to keep bringing in these new general managers or coaches, but it's still just Aquilini at the top as the puppet pulling well, exactly. all the strings, right? So really, nothing's yeah. actually changed. Oh, yeah. They're too involved, and that's the yeah. problem. And and uh, it's it's hampered their team. Like Kyle says, they're going to try and stay relevant. That's always been the problem. That was the problem in 2012 after they lost the finals. It's like you need to recognize that the Sedins had passed their their winning prime basically, and that whole team had kind of passed its prime, and they needed to start rebuilding then. Um, Okay, they had that awkward Tortorella and Willie Desjardins. <laughs> like that was just, those were wasted. There was no point in in signing Redeem Verbata, right? There was players like like that. There was no point in doing that. What are you trying to accomplish? And then, <clears throat> yeah, they had it, that run in the bubble where they did play very well, um, but we were carried by goaltending and. They needed to address some issues that they didn't there. They needed to, I think, continue with maybe a little bit of longer rebuild. Um, and then they let guys like Edler and, and, and Tanev go, and they've replaced them with players that have not been as good as those players were. Those players are still playing. Um, so... You know, they're making decisions like they're locked in with Millet, they're locked in with Ackman Larson. Like, they're just in this weird moment. There's, they're destined for mediocrity at this point. And it's a shame because they actually have very good. The, the reason there's winning these games is because they have good individual players. Mm-hmm. Like, if Patterson gets a chance, he'll score. He's a great player. Like, Hughes is amazing um, puck mover. Like, so they're this, it's, it's this weird, like, they're, have the talent, but they just don't play well. And when I watched the the last game I went to live <clears throat> was against Vegas, and it was like watching like a beer league team that doesn't practice together. <laughs> and every every guy kind of wants to like score, so they don't really they don't make a lot of passes. Like 
That's what I'm. That's what I was watching. I was watching Vegas play like a team. I was watching Vancouver like don't really know how to break out. They're either dumping you know, or they're one player is losing the puck. Like very very strange in my opinion. And um, yeah, I mean they were chanting sell the team at the game. So yeah, that's anyway. not something you want to hear. <laughs> I like I like Vancouver. I'll always like the Canucks. Um, I'll still follow them. They're still my team, but it's like just uh, bad. Uh, anyways, I'm getting a little. I'm uh, getting a note to to hurry it up. So we're gonna move. Um, <laughs> we're gonna. What we want to do is um, we want to talk about what has Rutherford done with the Canucks. Has it been enough? And then everyone give Jim Rutherford a letter grade so far. Um, so I think Aaron is going to talk to us about that. Yes, thank you, Corey. I must say that was a lot more ranting than I expected for how your voice was coming into this episode. Yeah, yeah more than I expected too. <laughs> I respect the grind, though. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a little bit of break for a few minutes here. So, yeah, basically, like Corey said, we're just going to list a whole bunch of things that Rutherford's done. Again, maybe it's not all just him, but it has been about exactly a year plus a week or so since he got hired. Um, I think we all expected things to go a little bit differently, but I'm just going to go through a couple things here, and then we'll get your guys' opinions and rankings at the end here. So starting off with some signings. So we're just going to go quickly through some notable ones here. Uh, we have Kuzmenko, 950 for one year. Mikheyev, 4.75 for four years. Lazar, one mil for three years. Joshua, 8.25 for two years. A big one, Miller, uh, eight by seven. Then we have cool. Rathbone. He was 1.7 for two years. And Besser, 6.65 for three years. Um, I'll save your comments for the end, you guys. But I know there's some questionable ones in there. Uh, Going on to his trades. So starting in March of 2022, uh, we have the Canucks giving away Hamannick, getting a third-round pick in the 2022 draft in return. And we have the Canucks getting Dermot, giving away 2022 third-round pick. So that didn't last long. Uh, We have them then gaining a fourth round in 2023 in exchange for Tyler Mott going to the Rangers. Moving on to July, our favorite trade here. We have the Canucks receiving Ekman, Larson, and Garland in exchange for Erickson, Beagle, and Roussel, and a couple picks. Uh, Into October, we have the Canucks getting Riley Stillman, giving away Dickinson and a pick to Chicago. And we have the Canucks getting Studnika, giving the Bruins uh, DiPietro, Myrenberg, not really big names here. Uh, final one, we have the Canucks getting Ethan Bear and Lane Pedersen in exchange for a fifth-round pick. And now we're going to go into the 2022 draft. Um, I'm not going to list everybody here because, to be honest, it just really wasn't that exciting of a draft. Um, they had the 15th pick. They chose Jonathan Leckery-Mackey. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, Maybe his only redeeming move, we got Elias Pettersson 2.0, 80th (laughs) overall. And then just a couple later picks that I won't really go into. Um, Last thing I'm going to get into here is just the coaching changes. So we had Brad Shaw left for Philadelphia, and he was replaced by Mike Yeo. Again, I hope that's how you pronounce it. I am very terrible with names. Um, The other notable one here was Scott Walker. He left for personal reasons. And we had Trent Cull, who was promoted from Abbotsford as the new assistant coach. So that was basically everything. I know on my side, it doesn't really seem like a lot of good um, um if, anything, I had, sorry, Max, I had one note. Um that 
Ekman Larson Garland whole deal. That was before, uh, you know, Rutherford and Hell that was, came in. That was 2021. Did you say 2022? Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, when I looked up, I might have gotten the wrong date on the article there. Yeah, no, I guess that we can't was, blame him for that, that one. That was like then. the off season before. <laughs> Fair That's enough. Funny. He gets one pass then. I was like, wait, he made that deal for a second there? Like, holy <laughs> shit. You were dropping your grade a few marks oh, there. I was going to F real quick, but no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, that was Benning's master class on the way out. <laughs> right. That's right. That was his final <laughs> goodbye. A nice parting yeah. gift. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's a big so deal off the board. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite a major one. Which actually, when now you look at all the trades that Rutherford did do, there's not really anything hugely good or bad. There just wasn't a lot of anything. Um, mm. But anyways, not to get into my opinions too far just yet, I'm going to throw it over to you guys. So again, we want to hear what you think he deserves as a ranking. So obviously, you can't just pin it on him, but... You're going to do that anyways for the next couple minutes. Uh, give him a letter grade. Give us your reasons why he deserves that grade. Let's start with Max. Go ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it's just weird. Like, we've kind of been talking about this on the podcast about the Canucks and how they just can't perform. But you look at, on paper, what yeah. you know they've done with the signings and trades. And I'm not... I like like them you know they're all simple trades nothing major i know that might be coming to an end soon but you know they're all just little shake-up trades uh you had a few at the start of the year because they went out of the gates pretty cold um you know obviously you know i've liked ethan bear lane Pedersen. finally he was lighting up the ahl and then played great with Pedersen tonight um you know they're all just little shake-up moves um Swapping essentially Hamannick for Dermot um, sheds a bit of salary there. So just little minor moves. Um, you know, acquiring Stillman's a bit of an L. Um, you know, and the fact that he's still playing and not being scratched is also a big L. But, um, <laughs> you know, and then the signings, like, nothing really too wrong with it obviously you can look at the miller one that's the biggest one but all the other ones i i'm a fan of and you know those are all deals that are done you know because they think their team's competitive um and they kept everyone around there's a lot of talk about besser being traded in the offseason they signed him so i i know everyone's gonna have their little points here and there but i'm gonna have to stick my letter grade as a C. Okay. Uh, it, you can't really fully maybe blame Rutherford and Alvin when it could be the Aquilini's, you know, whole thing about Miller, you know, keeping him around. Um, but I'm, I kind of do like their trades and, you know, at least most of their signings. So I'll pass it off to uh, Corey here. We'll leave Kyle for last because I know he's going to rip into him. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, I kind of agree with, with what Max said. Um, you know, first, if you look at their signings, I wouldn't really call any of them a bad signing. And he didn't overpay any free agents. Okay, Mikheyev is, the, I think, the highest paid free agent that may be. And over, I mean, any free agent, you basically are overpaying. Um, but it's not in gross overpay. And I like Mikheyev. Um, The Miller, uh, who is the, oh, the, the Besser? The, yeah, the Miller and the Besser re-signing. Well, you're keeping assets. Um, you know, they could have traded Miller. Um, but they decided to keep, you know, you re-sign, you keep an asset. Um, they may, you know, eventually trade him. Um, but you're not going out and overpaying for some some uh, free agent. So uh, uh, that's okay. Um, the trades, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm Riley Stillman, I'm not big on that trade. 
Um, is that the one where we got rid of Dickinson? Yeah. Dickinson okay, well, and a second rounder. So that sucks, but you're <laughs> getting rid of some of, like, the second rounder sucks, but that's kind of cleaning up some of the bending mistakes because Dickinson was a bad contract or we had a dump salary. So I kind of get that one. You know, I like Ethan Bear. I like um, um, Studnika. I like uh, some of the little players he's brought in. So there isn't really a lot I can really put a bad grade on him. Uh, I think overall the team is getting an F for me <laughs> in general. And that's probably why I'm giving it like, you know, is it Boudreaux? Is it Rutherford? Is it Alvin? I don't know. So that's why I'm just kind of putting the onus on the Aquilinians here. Um, but Rutherford in general, like, has he made this team worse? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. So I don't know. I'll give him a C. I'll give him a C because there's not really much to like. Yeah, I'm pretty. I think he hasn't. Uh... And you know what? He did a great job in Pittsburgh. He's a smart general manager. What he, is he going to do with Vancouver? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. But you know, he 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 was he did a good job with. Well, he did inherit some of the best players in the world. <laughs> <That helps. laughs> yeah, that always that always helps. But he made he made uh, trades uh, that were pivotal in their in their wins, and they would not have won if he didn't make those trades. So. Yeah, uh, to close it out, I'll give, him a, I'll give Rutherford a C for now. <clears throat> All right, Kyle, what do you got for us? Um, I, I I definitely agree with a lot of the points that Max and Corey have. Um, I would drop my letter grade down to a C minus, just because I don't see a successful plan in place to make this team a contending team. Um, or even a playoff team. Obviously, the players have played subpar, but I think that there's just not just not a plan in place um, to like have like a team that's gonna be competitive in the future, or like start building a team that's gonna be competitive in, in the future, and using your salary cap as an asset. Like at the end of the day, Rutherford inherited a sinking team and he's just held their head underwater as well so he hasn't he hasn't improved at all he's just made the same errors that the gm before him made or not the gm before him but the but the like the management team before him made um in signing huge contracts and and hoping that it pays off but having no plan for the future like that miller contract you sign miller you'd think you'd have a plan for bo horvat right afterwards but no they're just kind of letting him do his thing until the trade deadline comes around and now his value is not that high because you're only getting him for 20 games in the playoffs instead of getting him for 60 games in the playoffs so mistake after mistake after mistake and yeah it's the same mistake that happens like if they would have traded Miller last year like I thought they should have then they would have had assets in place and maybe had a not a as good of a team as they have right now but at least a couple of years down the road they'd have a better team but yeah yeah I, agree. yeah I think when you look back at how we all sort of felt when he was appointed I think we all had a lot higher expectations just basically because of his history in Pittsburgh, right? We saw he always made a lot of big moves and he built this really good team. Yes, he had good players given to him, but he still clearly did a pretty good job. Um, I guess that's kind of indicative of how much we think Aquilini's are actually impacting this management. If he now hasn't been allowed to do what he's been good at in the past, maybe that's why he's hurting so much. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think I'd agree with most of you guys around a C-plus range for him, for sure. I was going to ask, though, mainly to Max and Corey, if there's anything that you would have wanted him to do differently that would have drastically changed your grade. Um, Max, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I mean, 
uh, it's a good question. I think it easily has to do with Kyle's answer um, and the fact that I, as a fan, don't even know the direction of this team. And I don't even know if they do. I swear we're going week by week. And I swear they're just waiting to see if this team can either catch fire or just drown. And, you know, then they do a complete rebuild. I think they're still trying to see what this team is. Um, And easily when it happened, when Miller got signed in the summer, I thought for sure Horvat would be like either signed the next day at the same time, the next week. Um, The fact that he, they basically just put him off until during the season was completely, you know, complete mistake. So that's definitely my response. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, first of all, it's, you know, I'm, can't say like I'm uh you know general manager is incredibly difficult so I can't really say I would have advice on how to do it better to be honest um I think uh building a championship team is incredibly difficult and not only do you have to be lucky with you know what what happens but um you have to do everything perfect and then get lucky. Um, and you look at this past decade, I think it's kind of telling how there's four, I think it's right, four championship teams that have won multiple championships. Uh, you know, for the last 10 years, Chicago, LA, Pittsburgh, uh, Tampa Bay. So the teams that have kind of figured it out and, have been able to succeed, um, you know, and then you look at um, other teams that have had um, plans. Uh, maybe they've got, they haven't had the right plans. But you look at teams that, you know, Toronto, like the Santa, the Santa plan or whatever they called it. Like, <laughs> you know, they've, they've set up and they've been a, like, they've been a playoff team for, you know, better part of the decade, but haven't, you know, there's something missing from it. And you could talk a long time about that one. Um, so I don't really know where I was going with this, but uh, what would I would do differently? <clears throat> I don't know. It appears that the Miller deal is going to be hampering uh, the team. Uh, I would have, I, I, okay, th- this is my answer. Um, I would have preferred to keep Horvat long term over Miller. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I would have rather traded Miller and re-signed Horvat. Um, I think Horvat is—I've uh, thought this for a while. I think he's the most valuable player to the Canucks, um, and I think he's the type of player that you. Yeah, he's not ultra talented uh, offensively, but uh, I think he's really like kind of like that backbone. Um, uh, Taves slash uh, Ryan O'Reilly esque kind of kind of player. Um, but, uh, he's the captain. <laughs> and he's the captain. I've, I'm I'm a huge fan of Horvat. Um, I think he's I think he's very I think he's been very underrated in his career. And uh, above all, is uh, one of the best faceoff uh, <clears throat> takers in the league, which. Um, we, you know, we know how important that is um, for teams. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, any um, team looking at signing him in free agency uh, is going to look at his face-off percentage and also get some big dollars from that one. Yeah, I guess that's all the time we have, right? <laughs> End it there. Yeah, I don't know what else we'd have to say about him. Kyle, Kyle, why don't you take us into some trivia? Absolutely. Um, So if you follow us on Instagram, um, you would have seen our trivia from the past couple weeks. If you don't follow us on Instagram, go follow us on Instagram. Why are you not following us on Instagram? Jeez. Yeah. 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 Um, So trivia Tuesdays two weeks ago. The answer was, of course, Taylor Hall winning back-to-back Memorial Cups with the Windsor Spitfires. And last week was Igor Shesterkin. Um, I think I got that one on the 70-something save night. 
I don't know yeah, how. I, I made both of those, you know, posts. So yeah, that obviously came from last year's playoffs when it went to I believe it was three overtimes against the Penguins. Uh, mm-hmm. We ended up losing. Funny enough. Damn, get wrecked. So sad. <laughs> uh, but I know Kyle, you nailed the Taylor Hall one because of the Memorial Cups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, those Taylor Hall Taylor Hall Memorial Cups were like in my like prime of like <laughs> paying attention to every little hockey thing. <laughs> okay, fair. So. <laughs> So Windsor Spitfires, like there's only a few players that came to mind, but Taylor Hall was at the top top of that list, so I pretty much had that right away. Yeah. I guess that means we're jumping into the trivia I got made up. Um, I got two for us today. Uh, I made these a few weeks ago, and I'm super excited to present them because I think the first one you guys should get... Um, at least I know Corey will probably get this. I'm hoping that Max and Aaron get a good crack at it too. And then the second one will be a bit more challenging. So are we ready to rock and roll? Ready. Boy. Perfect. 11-11 on the dot. I wish you guys <laughs> some luck. <laughs> Perfect. So general question, uh, hint number one. This player was drafted by Ottawa in 2004, but was traded for Peter Bondra to the team he would spend his best years with, the Capitals. Oh. Peter Bondra. Hmm. Hmm. Ready for hint number two? Mm Mm-hmm. Hint number two. This player famously changed a random motorist's flat tire just hours after a heartbreaking Game 7 loss to the Habs oh. in the oh, 2010 God. playoffs. I remember that story, too. Yeah, Shoot. I remember it, too. Yeah. I guess I'm the only one that's never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? You know I have <laughs> No. Okay, hint number three. This forward would also spend a year each with the Leafs and Kings at the end of his career. Hmm. F1A. Eh? Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Hopefully I'm like that... Aaron. I remember the story though. Yeah. I have no recollection of who that was. <laughs> hint, hint number four. Ready for it? Yeah. This grinder wore an A with the Capitals for three years. He wore oh. jersey number 21 as well. Uh... Oh, man. I... Oh. <laughs> I think I think I got it. Aaron, Can I guess? Any guesses, Aaron? No, I don't got it. What do you got, Corey? Is it Chris Brown? It is not Chris Brown. Right, he's a singer, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Do you want a fourth or fifth hint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His initials are BL. BL. Uh, uh, BL. Lee? Mm, no. No. I got what? Do you want the hint? Or d- yeah, the another hint? No, another, no, another hint. Yeah, another hint. Bring Good up God. his uh, elite prospects. That's yeah, yeah. Important. I'll bring up his elite prospects. <laughs> Power play specialist. 
Hey, last time it didn't, uh, last time it, it did say power place specialist. Sorry, I just got a uh, prospects. Fine, is. I should know it. If he was an assistant on Washington, I should know. He played center a little bit, second line and left wing. Lewis? Um, no. So I'm trying to find it like a scouting report. No, that's not going to help me. There. Okay. I got a scouting report here. I don't know if it, if this will help at all. Hmm. Had sound leadership qualities and could often play through a lot of pain. Displayed keen ability to play well defensively. Was also plenty versatile, heady, and a solid teammate. Was effective in front of the net where he uses his size well. Injuries ground his offensive game to a virtual halt. Wow, that's ruthless. <laughs> He also had the tendency to run a little hot and cold in terms of production. Continues to prove to his overall quickness, but did not own game-breaking speed. If, if you no. didn't... I, I was basically banking on you knowing ba based on the flat tire thing. Yeah, no, I can't remember who it was. What's his yeah, first name? I don't name? think anyone's getting it. Brooks. Oh, I thought you said D. It's Brooks-like. I thought you said D. I said BL. BL. I thought you said DL. <laughs> oh no, another trivial oh, no. controversy. Oh, it's Brooks Light. Yeah. Yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so I said D. Okay, I need some judges here. Aaron, Max. No, it's fine. I Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I said D. Whatever. Stupid question. I did hear B. So did I. Oh, I heard D. I was thinking like, I don't know. I was trying to like make a name up. I was like, is it Dominic Lewis? I'm like, no, that's that person doesn't exist. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, Brooks Lake. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, we are okay. not getting the second one. <laughs> ready for the second one? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so, so this is the Pat question. I bet Pat would nail this. Oh God. Um, but still within like the time frame where like for sure Corey would have some knowledge here and possibly Max and Aaron as well. Okay. Hint number one. Teams played four in order. Dallas Stars, New Jersey Devils, Dallas Stars, St. Louis Blues. But he spent most of his years with the New Jersey Devils. Okay, hint number two. This one's probably burned in your guys' memory, like it was mine. This player was parked in front of the net along with Zach Parise when Parise scored the game tying goal in the gold medal game of the 2010 Olympics. He was captain for that team. Oh, I got it. Kyle, I, I got it. Okay. Um. I'll read the other hints off, and uh, and I'm sure Corey knows exactly who it is. <laughs> any any guesses, Max Aaron? I'm trying None to picture that damn moment when. No, I got nothing. No. Okay. Hint number three. This player played on the, and I quote, ZZ Pops line. With Zach Parise and Travis Zajac. Nothing's changed, guys. This is just slightly too early on stuff I would know. Damn. That's fair. That's fair. And hint number four. This winger won the cup with 
the stars in 1999 and with the devils in 2003 he later captained the devils from 2007 to 2011 Oh no. Corey, you're still confident? Yeah. Who you got? Okay, well, initials would be JL, um, Jamie Langenbrunner. Jamie Langenbrunner, it is. Nice. And w- was he not captain of uh, USA during 2010? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said on the hint. Is he is he captain oh, okay. that team? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah, so, no, sorry if the wording was confusing. Like it's it sounded like Parise captain the team. No, it was it was Lang and no. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, because he always made the or he he made that team, but he wasn't. Uh... Yeah, that was that's a good one. He was always around, like a good player, but. Someone you don't always think of. Yeah, yeah. His 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 like the image of him standing on top of the crease when Prize poked that puck under Luongo mm. was is burned in my memory. So as soon as I saw the name, I was like, "Yeah, I gotta do that one." I didn't know he played for St. Louis, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think he did for like the last year or two of his career. Yeah. Huh. Nice. Yeah, that was a good one. Perfect. Yeah. Those were both good ones, actually. Thank you, Corey. You're welcome. That's all <laughs> I'm going I don't hear for. that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Those are good. All Perfect. Right. Well, uh, so since our last podcast, or shortly after it, we posted on our Instagram polls. Well, that's another hint uh, for you guys to go over there and start following it. <laughs> Um, and that was asking you if you all believed Carey Price, uh, Joe Thorne, Taze, and Bergeron all belong to the Hall of Fame after their respective careers. Um, I think we all know <laughs> that we and we all knew everyone would say yes, and that's pretty much what happened. Um, next time we do that segment, we'll try and find some more controversial ones. Because um, that was a bit of a blowout, I would say. We should post more controversial ones this week we could yeah like what <laughs> Putting you on well i see see i find a lot of people are on the fence about kopitar okay. i i think he's an automatic hall of famer but i know a lot of people don't think so um and i'm sure there's a couple others we could we should we could do um brent burns duncan keith maybe yeah, they're all good. We can maybe we'll post uh, a couple of them coming up here, and uh, that does about it. I'll pass it over to Aaron. Was that going to be our fan question then, or did you have something else planned there? No, that was a spontaneous fan question. All right, I like it. Okay, well, thanks, Max. Um, like mentioned. Please make sure you check out our Instagram and our Facebook. We do have a Facebook page now, both of them being at Stars. Other than that, we will be back next week with another new episode. So thanks for listening, and happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas.